Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. Thanks to Literati. Literati is the subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. For a limited time, go to literatibooks.com and use promo code DREAMJOB for $20 off your first box. Plus, kids three and up get a special blacklight pen. Hey, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. This was a fun week. I don't know how many of you saw or took advantage of it, but a couple of days ago, we did this whole day, sort of a back to school, back to work. I was celebrating all of you being so encouraging and so supportive of me and my work and buying my book. And so I gave everybody free Starbucks for the day and it was incredible. There were hundreds of people going around the world to different Starbucks and taking photos of themselves and saying such kind things. Thanks, Kathy. And I love this latte and pumpkin spice is my favorite. And it was so cool. Uh, I posted a bunch of those stories in my Instagram. So thank you guys for sharing the love. And I just always, always, always want to find more ways to give back to you. I wish I could reach through the speaker and just give you a hug and a giant permission slip to believe in yourself and know that you don't have to be perfect and that you get to do what you want to do. And uh, I do really want to say thank you. I know that I asked on Monday. It was really hard for me to ask. It's it's hard. It's not easy to be vulnerable and say, you guys, I really need your help. Um, but I asked you guys if you wouldn't mind pre-ordering the book. I do think that you're going to love it. In fact, today I wanted to actually share another preview and read a chapter from the book. And just a reminder, if you pre-order the book before September 15th, you are going to get this full five-day immersion workshop I'm doing. You get your ticket for free when you pre-order the book. And the workshop is going to be September 16th through the 20th. I'll be going live in a private Facebook group every day. And I'll be walking you through some of the key themes and exercises like how to blast through your imposter syndrome, how to step into the authentic version of yourself, the most important steps before quitting your day job, how to really figure out what you want to do, how to discover what exactly that passion project is that you're meant to create and what to do to scale it. So if you want to join me for this workshop, you can go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com slash book and you can pre-order your copy and you can grab your seat for this workshop. All right. So we'll have a link to the pre-order in the show notes. And today the chapter I'm going to share with you is chapter three. And the title of the chapter is Trust, You Will Be Led. And when I was doing the audio recording, this was one of the chapters that really stuck out to me as something that I wanted you to hear. I wish I could just really inscribe these words on your heart. And it's interesting because I just opened the book today and said, what do they need to hear? And I turned to this chapter, Trust You Will Be Led, and I was led here. So, okay, let's dive in. So the chapter starts with a quote from Wayne Dyer. It says, what is your passion? 
What stirs your soul and makes you feel like you're totally in harmony with why you showed up here in the first place? Know this for certain, whatever it may be, you can make a living doing it and simultaneously provide a service for others. I guarantee it. And that was Dr. Wayne Dyer. Okay. So then the chapter begins. What might happen if you had the courage to walk toward whatever was whispering to you? What might happen if you stopped resisting your heart's desires? What might happen if you stopped telling yourself on repeat that you weren't good enough or it wasn't possible or you don't deserve it? When we get quiet and surrender, we can start clearing the fog in our minds. As we tap into who we are and learn to follow our curiosities and joy, we become more aligned with life. We are all created to feel joy and cast it into the world, but it is so easy to get wrapped up with the noise in our minds and the input from all around us. They start to pull us away from our heart and our path. Even the smallest task feels frustrating and difficult when we're not in alignment with ourselves. Alignment and work is numero uno in my world. When we listen to ourselves, circumstances start to fall perfectly into place. It's amazing how we live so much of our life being pulled by external voices as opposed to guiding our own ship from the place of our greatest joy. We resist what's so obvious, we shut out our truth. It's important to learn how to trust your own compass. We underestimate what a few pure moments of being with our inner world can do. We are all energy beings, spiritual, infinite wonders inside a human form. Everything that we feel, we exude, and whatever is around us sends vibes as well. When we cultivate a deeper awareness of our joy and our heart's desires, we open the door to what we truly want. From that place, we are led to the next step and beautiful surprises appear as we showed in the previous chapter. So how does one even begin to go inward? Ask yourself this, was there ever a moment when something cracked open within you? Hold on to that. There's wisdom there. There's truth there. Sarah Blondin, host of the Live Awake podcast, dedicates her life to the power of meditation and reflection. Her greatest desire is to help people find that grounded center and then act from there. She shared an incredible perspective on her podcast. It is okay to ask for help. It's okay to close your eyes in the morning and ask for help in finding your purpose. Carve out time for your own sacred healing meditation and ask for help in finding your purpose. Ask for help in getting into that healthy flow of your life. There's a wisdom that runs through each of us and provides the exact answer that no book or motivational speaker could ever provide. Sarah and I agree that there are hidden forces at work. I don't know anything. I just know that it feels right and good when I follow my heart. It feels right and good to look for the magic in everyday moments, she said. We're often blinded by sight. With our eyes open, we see our perceptions, our limitations, and our separateness. But when we close our eyes and look, we can see past those barriers. We see light. We see truth. We see the abundance and interconnectedness of everything. We see all that's good, all that's possible, and that it's all love. Take a deep breath. Let go of whatever constricts you and move into that expansive place. Asking the question is key to receiving the right answer. Sit with a question for five minutes with your eyes closed. The answer will appear. As you give yourself some space and time to take stock of who you are, you're going to connect with a new sensation. It might feel like you're connected to everything. It might be a feeling of bliss or enjoyment, a sense of inner stillness and peace. This perspective becomes much, much more interesting than the chaos and stress. Once you're able to really think, then you can start looking at what is interesting to you. It doesn't take reaching the top of Mount Kilimanjaro or birthing a baby to realize that you've got to change your ways. A breakthrough comes in the moment that you decide you're going to do something that you've never done before. You're ready to enter uncharted territory. A breakthrough can come on a Thursday morning or a Saturday afternoon. 
It can come in your car or a bar. What it takes is a definitive decision that you're committed to. Setting off. As you sail away from the shore, curiosity and a sense of enthusiasm are the most important tools you'll need to navigate the seas. The beauty of the creative journey is the willingness to be messy and explore. Best-selling author and psychologist Angela Duckworth believes that you don't discover your passion, you develop your passion. It is something that gets developed by actually living and being curious and open to learning new ideas and crafts. The world developed versus discover is so important because many, if not all, of the guests who appear on my show started with one idea, began developing it, and realized they had a passion for something else. It all came through this process of doing. Angela explained this so eloquently on the podcast. People always ask me, how do I discover my passion or purpose? And I say, no, 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 don't use the word discover. Discover sounds like it's under a rock somewhere and one day you'll find it, then you'll have it. It's much more gradual than that. It takes years for many people to develop a calling before they can say, this is what I was meant to do. Now, how do you start down that path, the path that will take many years? The most important thing that I could say about developing a calling is that it has to be trial and error. You have to basically experience different careers or roles in a company. You can't just write about it in your journal and expect it to all be introspection, she said. There has to be some trial and error in the world, and it's very hard to predict what will end up sticking and that you'll enjoy more and more. It's very hard to predict what you will come across, sometimes for random reasons. I encourage people to try to develop a calling with patience, but also with an exploration mindset. I see a lot of people who are struggling with this or kind of cooped up inside their own heads and they don't get out and try. I love what Angela said about developing your calling instead of thinking you have to discover it. It takes grit to commit to yourself and perseverance to find what works. Artist and animator Saul Blinkoff achieved his childhood dream of working at Disney. He committed himself to becoming the best animator that he could be, and he constantly honed his approach. Whatever your dream is, you have to spend an equal amount of time working on your craft and plotting the strategy. There are many ways to achieve something, but you can stand on the shoulders of all that came before you and read their stories to learn how to move forward, Saul said on the podcast. Knowing your reasons for things is going to help you keep recommitting to how hard it is because you know the reason you want it. Once he arrived at what he believed to be his dream life, he realized that he cared as much about making stories as he did about illustration, and he set off on new adventures as a director and writer. Life doesn't need to be taken so seriously. Have some fun with it. I compare it to the game of hot and cold that you played as a kid. You keep moving around the room in search of what you're looking for. Sometimes you're close and sometimes you're far, but you keep going. The most important piece is showing up and taking action on what calls to us. Life coach Susie Moore talked about how acting on impulses can actually be a smart business strategy early in the game. Thinking is the enemy, she said. Psychologists say that 97 to 98% of our thoughts are useless and repetitive, so I'm a big action taker. When it comes to decision-making, said Susie, the decision that you make isn't the most important thing. It's the fact that you just make it. You do it relatively quickly, and then you stick with it and remain flexible going there. It doesn't matter. There is no real wrong. Most things aren't really final. All we have to do is follow our impulses because the universe wants it to be easier for us. It didn't lay out a long, resistant path. It didn't create this uphill climb. Once we commit to the why of our dreams, we can become flexible about the how. We learn to keep moving forward. I always like to say that life is in pencil. When you make a mistake or start down the wrong path, you'll realize that you're not alone. This is a journey we all go through. You were already so much braver than you give yourself credit for. Emily Thompson, host of the Being Boss podcast, has a powerful exercise in which you list a hundred things that you've already accomplished in your life. It is an incredibly empowering exercise to read that list, to realize how much mud you've already clawed through during the decades. You realize how much you've already accomplished and it helps start building the confidence to continue or start again. 
You'll be surprised how quickly the universe moves once you've decided. We are disproportionately rewarded when we take risks. Imagine yourself in five or 10 years and ask, where do I want to be? What will my life look like if I keep holding on to this need to be perfect? What if I'm already enough? How different could my life be if I'm willing to be uncomfortable? What if I start where I am right now? Our biggest accomplishments are the subtle shifts we make within, being more of who we are rather than who we learn to be, having the courage to let go of things that no longer serve us, and lean into what we feel called to say and make and express. The reason that people don't have the career or the relationships that they want is because they forget their commitment in the moments when they need it most. They forget that they made a decision. What it comes down to is making that decision every single day. Those subtle shifts don't immediately change your bank account balance, but I truly believe that the more you decide that you deserve to be happy and do something you love, the better chance you have of turning that into a thriving business you love. All right, before we keep going, let's just take a quick ad break. I admit that it's so much easier to put my kids in front of a screen sometimes than to help them find a book. And then I feel bad because kids who read books often have better vocabularies and longer attention spans. And that's why every parent, including me, does really need Literati. Literati is an awesome subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. Each month, Literati mails five teacher-approved and age-appropriate books to your kids based on a theme like The Spirit of Adventure or The Animal Kingdom. You can buy the books you want and returning the rest is easy and free. Plus, each box comes with a piece of original art and a really sweet personalized note to your child. My daughters loved the book they got. In fact, they've become part of the routine. My youngest one, Maddie, she always says to me, mommy, can we read Duck and Goose again? She can't get enough of it. And as a parent, it's such a relief to have these books coming in so I don't have to look for new ideas if they get bored of reading the same ones over and over. For a limited time, go to literatibooks.com and use promo code DREAMJOB for $20 off your first box. Plus kids three and up get a special blacklight pen. This is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literatibooks.com, promo code DREAMJOB for $20 off your first box, plus a free blacklight pen for kids three and up. Literatibooks.com, promo code DREAMJOB, L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I, books.com, promo code DREAMJOB. Martha Beck. Martha Beck is a best-selling author with incredible wisdom and insight on how to step outside the storm of our thoughts and become acquainted with a more consistent and loving space. She's written seminal books, including Finding Your Own North Star, Expecting Adam, Leaving the Saints, The Joy Diet, and many more. She has three Harvard degrees and is one of Oprah's life coaches. So she knows just how big a vision can be and just how overwhelming that can feel. She, like all of us, is a student. When I saw Martha at a live event more than a decade ago, it became a dream of mine to one day have the honor of spending more time with her. Martha is such an incredible, intelligent, and connected being, and I was curious about her journey. Having Martha on the podcast led to one of the most powerful conversations I have ever had. I became a sociology professor and started teaching business school when I realized for the first time that most people don't feel free to do what they want. This was just completely dumbfounding to me. Why would you do a job you don't like? That just did not compute with me, said Martha on the podcast. I've had reasons to break through walls. When I was in the middle of my PhD at Harvard, I had a child prenatally diagnosed with Down syndrome. There was just barely time to have a legal abortion, and I really had to think about what I wanted to do and what the reasons are for having a human life. The question wasn't whether or not I wanted a baby, but what kind of baby was worth having. It brought me to the question of what kind of human life was worth having. I thought and thought. I looked around me at the people at Harvard that I admired and I aspired to be, and none of them seemed particularly happy. They were really not happy. I thought, the only reason for being alive was joy. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, beauty is its own excuse for being. For me, joy is that felt sense of beauty and joy is its own excuse for being. 
I had a feeling and had been told that this child would be able to experience joy, so why not let that be good enough? I kept the baby. If you have a child with a disability, then it changes every day. It's not like I lost a child and had to go on. It changed everything I did, Martha explained. I was confronted with this thought that the only reason for existing is to have joy every single day. That combined with the freedom of my childhood meant that I had some very unorthodox behaviors. If there was something I didn't want to do and didn't have to do, I didn't do it. If there was something I wanted to do and could do, I did it. Martha's business school students started asking her about her particular life philosophy, so she wrote it all down in the book, Finding Your Own North Star. Here's what it says in a nutshell. If there's something that you really hate and it makes you physically ill and it makes you want to stab yourself in the eyes with a fork, you could do a little less of it. If there's something that makes you extremely happy and makes you alive with energy and fills you with light, do it. Just try that. People were stunned. However, Martha's message resonates with how I live my own life. I become so absorbed by what turns me on that I don't leave room for the forced or inane. Martha also introduced me to the powerful concept of the essential self versus the social self. It completely changed how I perceive my internal states. Here are the basics. The essential self is your personal composition down to your nature and genetics. No country nor culture nor the company you keep could ever change the essential self. The social self is the behaviors and practices you adopt in response to your culture, country, and company, from family to friends to media. It teaches you language and taste and internalized rules for behavior that inform how you live your daily life. In ideal circumstances, the essential self and social self are in alignment. In less ideal circumstances, the essential self and social self are in conflict. Let's take school as an example. If you love school and receive high marks in a society where formal education is not only mandatory but celebrated, then your two selves are working together. But if you struggle with formal education and tight deadlines and closed spaces in that same society, conflict arises. While school might be compulsory, the majority of obligations we resign ourselves to, from relationships to career tracks, are not. How can you tell if your essential and social selves are aligned? There are telltale signs when they are at odds. Our bodies drag, our minds fog, and our will to create is almost non-existent. You might feel that way reading this book on your lunch break right now. It could be a job or a relationship or even a culture that creates an atmosphere of disconnect. Ultimately, forcing the essential self to please the assumptions of the social self is as fruitless as taming a wild bear to sit at a tea party. These signs are meant to guide us and failure to listen almost always results in crisis. The moment that you feel something is not right, step away and see where you violated your essential nature. Throughout this process of reassessment, it is more than likely that you'll violate some cultural rules, which can be a scary proposition. What makes it less scary is realizing the rules we think everyone wants us to follow are far less set than we assume. My slogan, cave early. The moment you feel that something's not right for you, just give up and go do something good and fun for you, concluded Martha. How do we learn the difference between those feelings of discomfort, which come from leaving our comfort zones versus doing something that's not aligned with our highest self, I asked her. The comfort zone fear is like the fear of falling in love, Martha responded. When you first fall in love and you don't know if the other person loves you back, there's this heady feeling that's something like, oh my gosh, it's so appealing to me, but I'm so afraid I can't have it. I'm so afraid it will go wrong. I'm so afraid I'll get hurt. This means you're moving out of your comfort zone in the right way. That fear will always be there because if there's something that your heart really wants, there will be fears around losing it or not doing well enough at it. You know the difference between the fear of falling in love and the fear of walking into your worst class in high school, the dread of walking through that door again. It's very different. We're just taught not to respond because every culture thrives by getting people to follow it rather than their own nature, said Martha. I know it to be true that our bodies signal loud and clear when the answer is no. 
I had a best friend who wanted to get married but was ambivalent about her partner. When he finally proposed, she had an immediate physical reaction. She couldn't breathe. She had to sit down and she felt like she was going to vomit. She thought, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. How much louder do we want our bodies to scream before we get that they're saying no? A no usually comes through loud and clear. However, a yes is usually quieter and more gentle. It can be harder to determine what's a real yes for our essential selves when we're taught to follow a specific cultural plan. What happens is that people get so traumatized by their own socialization that they lose track of their own desires, explained Martha. For example, I shoot you with an arrow in your chest and you come stumbling in and say, please get me to a hospital. If I, as a life coach said, okay, but first let's talk about what you want to do with your life. You probably would want to get the arrow out of your chest first. If I said, okay, I got it. You want to get the arrow out of your chest, but just assuming we get it out, what do you think you'll want to do for a career? You're not going to be able to think about anything but the arrow in your chest. If you truly don't know what you love, there's something getting in your way and the trauma is your allegiance to the culture you're obeying. It's your fear. Once we address the trauma, you can figure out what it is by saying, what would I never do because it's so shocking that it would make everyone so upset, said Martha. What makes it less scary is realizing the rules we think everyone wants us to follow are far less set than we believe. How many times have you worried with a phrase that starts something like, everyone wants me to... Now name three people who actually have said that to you. It is usually a handful of family or friends and not the ominous everyone that your mind chooses to believe. Our brain takes the opinions of about six people and blends them into a handy brew called everyone, making it near impossible to step away from what's assumed of us toward what our essential self is asking us to do. For the sake of three to six people, we drive ourselves to madness. We waste our lives and we end up bitter and helpless. Do you want to hand your life over to them? Asked Martha. Don't beat yourself up. Our repetitive thoughts create grooves in our brain that make it difficult to separate our beliefs from the truth. When we think a thought, it actually creates a neural synapse like an electrical connection in the brain. When we think this thought, we wrap it in a layer of fatty substance called myelin, which is like the insulation we put around electrical cords, and it creates this little electrical current. Every time we think this certain thought, it wraps with another sheet of myelin, and the effect is that the belief feels truer, and we think it more quickly. It's also harder to think of alternatives. It's laborious to try it first, said Martha. It's like learning another language. The brain struggles to make even a single connection. You actually have to exercise it every time you think. They all want me to take care of them. You have to stop and write down five people who don't think that. You have to start constructing a different circuit, and eventually the old circuit starts to wither. As these old belief patterns start to fade, we're positioned to think possibly for the first time about what we really want our path to be. We're able to chart our own course Publishing a book, making a movie, and opening a bakery are huge, majestic tasks that will welcome in a soul-stomping sensation of being overwhelmed if you look at the end goal alone. What you need to do is break that beast into small, achievable steps that pave the way to the Shangri-La of productivity. This breakthrough concept radically changed how I approach the tremendous projects in my life. Fly way up high. Look at your whole life from beginning to end, suggested Martha, and then ask, what do I want my legacy to be? What do I want to experience in my whole lifetime? Write those big ideas down as your distant goals, then drop down to the perspective of a mouse. A mouse can only do one small thing that's right in front of its face. Then ask yourself, what is one small step I can take today toward achieving that eagle vision? When you forget the eagle vision, you go back and check it again. You just alternate and keep taking steps in the right direction. You go a long way that way.
This process is so important because our visions and goalposts are constantly moving. It's possible that we find ourselves embarking on new adventures and ventures every year or decade. Martha reminded me that most cultures outside of our own view life as cyclical. Whether it's a career change or breakup or breakthrough, it's normal to find ourselves starting from square one more than once in our adult lives. We become caterpillars before butterflies several times in a single lifetime. You have to be willing to let go and step into that beginner's mind in order to chart that new course. It can be difficult to have a breakthrough, however, when we're caught up in that negative chatter and thought patterns that bombard our mind on repeat. Our minds cause us so much suffering that it sometimes can be tough to arrive back at square one. Westerners tend to think that we're going to a meditation class so that we can think our way through our problems, but thinking is the problem, said Martha. It is a big, powerful engine and it grinds away and it creates all these amazing things, but thinking has no compass and no charts. Those have to come from the other parts of the self. When people try to get a breakthrough by staying in the head and watching their thoughts, it's just like being in a blizzard all the time. You can't see anything. It's just wind and whirling things. It's when you watch that happen for so long that one day you stop being the snowstorm and you become what is watching the snowstorm. That's the part that has the compass in the charts. As we sit, we feel a quiet stillness and sense of peace. Our instructions and inspirations come from this place of connectedness. As we look out at the blizzard of our thoughts, we can become the observers and connect to the true self inside all of us. This eternal guidance is aware of the interconnectedness of everything, and there's just so much wholeness and contentment. It's always within reach. I hear from so many people who look at the competition and wonder how there could possibly be room for them, but we can use that competition as a reminder that what you offer to this world is one of a kind because only you have lived your story up until today. Martha was writing her first manuscript in a bookstore when she looked around and felt crushed by the existence of so much competition. Then she remembered every book that she had read that rocked her world and realized that all stories are worth telling. There is endless room for individuality. Your unique contribution, the thing that only your essential self can create, no one else can make it. It's not only necessary, but it is desperately needed. And once you find it, it's your duty to give it to the world. It's the reason you're here, she said. Martha has navigated this landscape in such depth throughout her life, and she shared one simple rule that we could all integrate into our lives starting today. It comes from her new workbook, Integrity Cleanse. I started to watch to see if what I was doing was absolutely really, really, and fully what I wanted to do. If it isn't, I won't do it. If it is, I will do it no matter who says no. It's a pretty brash way to live, but I found that two things happen when I'm absolutely in integrity, said Martha. The first is that I'm much more considerate of other people. It does not turn me into a savage. It turns me into someone with greater compassion. The second thing that happens is magic. Everything starts to help me. When I go against my integrity, everything tries to stop me, not because it's mad at me or wants to punish me, but because that's how I'm meant to function. I'm just not in structural integrity. Is this true for you? If it is, do it. If it's not, don't. The end. Most people's definition of what's possible is much narrower than what really truly is. One of my favorite books from Martha is The Joy Diet. It's 10 daily practices for a happier, more fulfilling life. Here are three that you can start today. Number one, nothing. Do nothing for at least 15 minutes every day. Sit and breathe in and out for a while and get back in touch with your essential self. Feel what you feel. It may not be pleasant, but you need to go there. Number two, risk. Do something that you know you want to do, but that frightens you. If you're not pushing that edge all the time, you never do anything new. Oprah once spoke to Martha in the midst of a new project and told her, I am terrified and I am fine. 
Number three, feast. Have a feast of the senses. The body is so important in determining what we do. Keep it happy because it's like a precious racehorse that we've spent trillions on. It's the most valuable thing we have. What I was most struck by in our conversation was how simply Martha said, joy is enough of an excuse for being. That's really why we're here. After talking to her, I found myself turning up the music while getting dressed for a mini dance party or buying flowers at the grocery store just because they're beautiful. We need to start expanding our capacity for joy and we need to do it more often. Don't let a day go by without thinking, doing, or being around people who bring you joy. Okay, so that was the first half of chapter three. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Just a reminder, if you pre-order my book before September 16th, you are going to get this full free week immersion workshop that I'm doing September 16th through 20th, and I would love to see you there. Okay, let's celebrate your wins. Lisa posted in our Facebook group and said, my win of the week, so many things. I finally found out that I'm worth it and I can do this. I niched down. I revamped my website, lisalongdesigns.com. I got plugged on a podcast without even knowing he was going to do that. I got featured in an article that my friend posted this week. Someone placed a great idea for my YouTube channel in my laptop all this week. Stuff can really start happening fast. I'm also getting approached for more work and putting myself out there more because I'm not hiding anymore. This is all because I had the nerve to take the leap this year, quit my teaching job, and now I finally feel like I have enough energy to give back. Thanks for helping inspire me to shoot for my dreams. I want no regrets, even if it fails, because failure is just another stepping stone. Lisa, what an inspiration. I'm so in awe of how much action you've taken this year and it's paying you back in huge ways. I also love that you're choosing to see failure as another stepping stone that you're going to take closer to where you need to be. That mindset is really going to take you super far. You guys, you can go give Lisa some love. Check her website out at lisalongdesigns.com. Okay, here's another awesome win. Sam posted in her Facebook group and she said, I released the first piece of music I've recorded in four years. I wanted to share it with you guys and thank you for being a supportive and inspiring community. I stopped playing music for two years and this was the first thing I wrote as I pulled myself out of a depression. I hope you listen and enjoy and maybe share. I have a big goal to get on Spotify's Discover Weekly playlist, which I would need people all over to save the song. It only takes a second. The answer is always no if you don't ask. So thank you in advance. Sam, I'm super proud of you. It takes so much strength and courage to climb out of that place and let yourself do this thing that lights up your soul. And I love that you're being brave and asking people to support you because you're right. If you don't ask, you'll never create those possibilities for yourself. So you guys, you can help her reach her goal. You can find her song, Learn the Hard Way on Spotify. And her artist name is Samantha Aurelio, A-U-R-E-L-I-O. Sam, we're rooting for you. I'd love to give you guys a shout out on the podcast. So if you have a win you want to share, you can post it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can DM it to me on Instagram. Also, uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a rating because it helps so much to see those. I always go and read them every few days and it always lifts me up. If there's something in this episode or any episode that really resonated with you, take a second right now and share it with someone. Let them know how the podcast has been affecting you. If it gave you the courage to open your Etsy shop or write the first page of your screenplay or record your first podcast, because maybe the message of the show and maybe the fact that it's resonating with you will help somebody else and it will help them do their thing. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday.
the soul. 